Hey there! Thank you for tuning in to Trans Planar RPG! We are an all-transgender, people-of-color-led, 100% homebrew, Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition livestreamed actual play campaign set in an original, non-colonial, anti-orientalist world. I am your Game Master, Connie, my pronouns are they, he, and she, and this is my cast. My name is C, I use they, them pronouns, and I play Okahaye, an Asamar blood hunter slash monster hunting expert. I'm Erica, and I play V Nocturzo, your lovable elf sorcerer slash charlatan with draconic ancestry. My name is Lyra, and I use they-she pronouns. I play Manaya Wairua, a half-orc fighter with a sailing background. I'm Max, my pronouns are they-them, and I play Dewey Quirk, an Aarakoko artificer and researcher on the run from his former employers at the Ohanahi Research Laboratory. You can support Transplaner RPG by pledging to our Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res assets, and much, much more. As a heads up, this podcast contains sound effects that might be jarring to some audiences. We do not utilize jump scares, but if you're sonically sensitive, please be aware. You can also support us by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps immensely with getting new listeners to find us. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Content warnings for this episode include death of loved ones, fantasy violence, gore, kissing, sexual innuendos, romance, echoing voices, bodies of water, shipwrecks, alcohol and substance use, memory loss, descriptions of rotting food, and rainstorm noises. Arc 2, Episode 6. Miserable Beloved from Project for a Fainting by Brenda Shaughnessy. The year is 398 AW, seven years before the end of the world, and you are dying. Your blood sizzles against the clay. Your breath comes out in limp, haggard gasps. Your back braces against jagged rock, a porous claw of the Badlands digging into your scapula. This is not how you wanted to spend your honeymoon. The girl with the crooked laugh, the girl who could tell the future, the girl you are horribly, desperately in love with, holds you in her arms. She's crying. Her mouth is moving. You look past her, your mind turning pale, and you lock eyes with the dog-headed man. He's smiling, all canine and saliva and predation, and his hand is wet with your blood. You somehow manage to say, A deal's a deal. Let her go. And the myriad says, Oh, but Miss Stiltwalker... Now that I have conveniently rearranged your insides, I can do what I want. You stare, not comprehending. We had a deal. My life for hers. You agreed. Don't mistake me for a devil, Mist. No law binds me. You can't feel your body anymore. The after is beckoning. I'd say sorry, but... I'm really not. My boss wants her dead. You understand. And then he moves forward, and he kills her, and you die. V. Rev's memory comes to an end, and you're left standing there, in this tiny room in a cramped tavern on the Black Tongue. Your mouth feels coppery, like it's filled with blood. But it's not. What do you do? (laughs) 
I'm crying just a little bit. I'm wiping away a few some tears, both from my own memory and from this memory I just experienced. So this, my friend, is what Miria did to you and your loved one. Yes. I can understand why you carry so much hate in your heart. But you don't have to carry that memory alone any longer. And if you can trust and at least give me some of that hate in your heart to carry for you, I've given you some of Sievert. Perhaps you can trust that justice will happen when it happens. If the Myriad finds Dewey, I will do everything I can to make sure that your justice is received. I've never told anyone about that. I thank you for sharing it, for allowing me in to see it. I, too, have never showed anybody what Sievert that moment had done to me. I've been carrying that memory alone for these past seven years. Seven years. Funny. What? You've never even told people you travel with? I thought the four of you were best friends. No. Uh, they saw the chaos that uh, Sievert and I produced together, but uh, they didn't quite ask, and I didn't quite tell them. That's one way of looking at it. Loophole. V, thank you. I, this feels so stupid and silly when I lay it out like this. Like this was something I carried inside me for so long. Now that I've put it in the light, it feels so small. That is the truth around what we carry in our heart. The big things all of a sudden get so small, and then as you get older, as an elf, you can see that the little things grow bigger when you share them. Are the two of you, like, touching? We were holding hands while sharing memories. I don't know if... We, we haven't let go in this. Yeah, that's true. You're still holding hands. Okay. Uh, Rev looks down at your joined fingers. Uh, her fingers very cold and dry against yours. Like, they're, they're the fingers of a dead woman, basically. You know now, for sure. But she looks at you with her, like, piercing yellow eyes. And she just says, I'll help you with Sievert. You help me with the myriad. That sounds like a deal I'm willing to honor. Good. Uh, Rev leans in and kisses you on the mouth. And then she draws away, and she says, Then it's sealed. <laughs> v, uh, her white, her pale yellow, very, very pale skin, uh, turns a slight pink, and she replies, It is sealed. Are you like, is that a court custom? Are you going to try to like look into what that was, or are you just going to let that be? I think V is too flustered to really, like, go into it. I think she's a little... I mean, from the emotional thing of, like, sharing this memory, receiving memory, and now that, I think V is just like, what? What is happening inside of her head? <laughs> yeah, it was a really intimate experience. Like, at summer camp, when you're, like, telling each other about, like, your horrible, like, parents or whatever, and then, like, you make out, you know, and you're like, what the hell was that? <laughs> okay. Right? Everyone's had that experience. Our experience Summer. Is not universal. Yeah, not universal. All right. Let's <laughs> let's do this long rest, shall we? Uh, okay. Does, does V come back? Yeah, V, do you yeah. do you come back to Dewey's room? V's going to do a little uh, happy jig back to her room and like walk in. And just... You click your heels together in the air. Yes. Right before I walk back into Dewey's room. You are in no condition to be sneaking into other people's room. Come. Let's go to bed. 
Dewey. It's everything is fine, Fred. Everything is good. Yeah, I'm Life sure it's is, fine. You know, the Dewey. Enough about me, friend. Fine, let's just go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Great. That night, the nightmare comes for you again, classically. But perhaps for you, V, it feels less, less horribly insurmountable. The four of you wake up on the dot at 8 a.m. It's time. Time to head to green open water to get answers about Manaya's questions about her parents. I think V is just going to be like a little bit shy towards Rev now. V still doesn't exactly know what just happened and is a little flustered. Not her normal self, I think. What the hell is wrong with you? You haven't spoken since you got down here. Are you you broken? V starts to blush a little bit more. Um, Nothing, nothing happened. I just, I... I you look a, kind of red. Do you have a Do you have a fever? And Oka like leans across the table, you know, like puts their palm against her forehead. Oka, everything is fine. Just let. Please don't. <laughs> this is the actual words coming out of her mouth. Oka, you could fry an egg against that skin. Yeah, just redder and redder and redder. She's starting to look like a tiefling. No, okay, I think I think you need some konji, like some more. I'm going to get you another bowl. I don't have any gold, though, so I'm going to... We need another bowl of konji over here. Yes, yes, of course, young master, here. Yeah. The older innkeep hobbles over with, with ladles more konji, you know. Oh, uh, young woman, are you okay? You look a little burnt. Why does everybody keep asking me questions? I just want to finish my breakfast. <laughs> Dewey's like looking at uh, V and then Rev and then V and then Rev and then like purposely looking down at his food. Rev is very calmly eating konji. <laughs> On the other side, it like looks completely unruffled, undisturbed. All of a sudden, V just explodes. Nothing happened. Okay, everybody, nothing <laughs> happened. Everything is fine. V, if you keep shaking the table, you're going to spill your breakfast. V takes a big sigh and just be like, I've no more questions for today. Please just let me eat my food. Oka <laughs> kind of like nudges me, you know? And it's like, I thought I had problems. Me? Problems? I don't have problems. I only have solutions, friend. And right now the solutions, less questions. I haven't been this uncomfortable since I was before a tribunal in, in Jukat. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and sort of on that, maybe the four of you finish eating your breakfasts and it's it's time to go. Uh, Rev also looks like a little, I mean, now that you look at her, you realize completely like, yeah, she looks pretty un- undead. <laughs> she looks pretty like, pretty pale, uh, even for like, you know, for like a, a gray skinned drow. And there's like a perpetual look of maybe exhaustion kind of in her eyes that now looking upon her becomes more apparent. The four of you leave this tavern. Uh, there's like old folks sitting around that hole in the floor. And as you leave, like one of them goes, got a snapper uh, and like pulls up, pulls up a big like fish on the end of it. And yeah, you make your way down the ramp that wraps itself around the tavern all the way to the bottom. Uh, at the bottom, you sort of maybe stand aside to like an elder being pushed along a wheelchair uh, by someone who looks like pretty young as, as they, they move their grandma or whoever it might be uh, up the ramp. The sunless sky becomes lighter and lighter. There's that smell of just like 
uh, salt-drenched soil that's like swimming in your nostrils and the sound of, of dragonflies and gnats and insects chirping all around you and in the distance, uh, the distant braying of birds and other crows and ravens and whatnot. The four of you make your way back to the Black Tongue. Is there anything you want to do before you set back out onto the river toward green open water? I think V is just looking at Rev. It's like the whole thing like, how do they feel about me? What what was that last? Like, V's just like in her mind and studying Rev's body language as much as possible. Would you like to try to roll insight? I was just about to ask. Go for yeah. it. No, roll Gadar. Roll, roll for your Gadar. Gadar. Roll your insight oh, Gadar. <laughs> Come on, it's for gay love, everybody. It's for gay love. <laughs> 19. Hey, that's 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 gay love well spent. Okay, so V, as you look up at Rev, who's like sort of walking beside you, you see she's got her cloak, her hood pulled over her head to sort of shield her from like the sunless light pouring down from like the mist and fog and cloud covered sky. Look up at her. She looks as kind of inscrutable as always. She's always got this like stony mask on, it appears. It's very rare that she laughs or frowns or smiles or, or looks confused. But when it does happen, it's sort of like lightning crackling across the sky. It like splits her face. And right now her face is pretty even. It looks undisturbed. Uh, but she notices you looking at her. She looks down. You see her raise her eyebrows and you swear she like smiles just a little bit. Oh, V! Erica, you're so flustered. It's so cute. This is like my first D&D crush. Ooh. Like, I have to deal with this right now. Um, yeah, I think. Is it hot in here? <laughs> v just takes note and maybe it blushes a little more. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, you just described whenever it does change, it's like a crackling thunder and it seems our friend V has been struck straight in the heart with, with, the, with the gay lightning bolt. V just needed to be talked a little. Okay, sounds, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> anyway, Dewey Manaya, do the two of you pure angels in this sea of heathens do anything? Dewey's like, he wouldn't normally, his mind wouldn't normally go there, but he's, <laughs> this is pretty obvious and he's like, because he doesn't know what happened in that room. Trying to mind his own business, but like, what the hell's going on? Okay, what about you, Manaya? Are you focused focused on the mission at hand? <laughs> She's pretty focused. She doesn't really catch up on these things very easily. After catching up Rev on making sure she knows everything, like boating and all that kind of stuff, she just kind of hangs it back and is excited to be around water. V is kind of acting similar to those like girls and boys and youths at the docks, you know, whenever like the ruffled turn with Doc and Babatunde would like, you know, like say like nice things to them. V's kind of acting like the girls that Babatunde talks to sometimes, like very like flustered. It's time to sail upon the river of gay. Uh, so the five of you pack into Moss Crawler, which has been kept very well overnight. You also notice it's, it's been like polished a little, sanded down a bit and cleaned from your travels. Uh, and with that, the five of you go sailing down the Black Tongue. And I think at this well, we point- we don't have a sail, so we can't really, like, actually- Manaya, I swear to God. If you try to correct my, my incorrect language about- Siri and Manaya I have uh, resistance the semantics. to poison. I will throttle actually, you until I you have... turn into soup, Oka. Anyway, <laughs> I think it's time that we have a relationship building montage. Okay, so C, you will become our first roller. Pick an initiator. I want to talk to Rev. Okay, sounds good. Rev will initiate. So roll a D100 twice. 
This is the fun part. What kind of relationships are we going to build? Uh, 77. Okay. And 19. Okay, your two options are cooking together and admitting defeat. I, as Rev, am going to choose admitting defeat. Let's say it's a couple of like, maybe like half an hour after we set out. You know, once we've like hit a rhythm of like stroking the ore, passing it along. Oka, Rev has like her whip out and she seems to be like, like sharpening like the, like the spikes that have been like studded to the length of the whip. And she's like, she's sharpening it with like a tiny like stone, each individual spike to make it as sharp as possible. And at that moment, Rev sort of glances up at you, Oka, with a shadow over her face from the hood. And she just goes, Oka, I never got a chance to say this, but you were really good with that face stealer thing. I, uh, yeah, I mean, it's my job to be good at removing a face from a face stealer, so to speak. Where did you, did you make that yourself? Oka's fingers are like, you know, like, their monster hunter <laughs> fighter brain is like, I want to look at that thing. This is Thorn. She belonged to someone really important to me. I have never personally been one to name weapons, but I guess, I guess that's cool. That trick you did with the tattoo on your arm. You don't have a name for that? Oh, I mean, I guess I, it's... All right, fine. I do have a name for it. It's Culling Edge. Culling Edge. That's what it's called. I didn't make the name. Ravi did, but that's what it's called. That's not a bad name. Hey, hey she finishes, like, sharpening off the last spike. She sort of leans against the, the wood of the canoe, cocks her head at you. She's, like, sizing you up a little. You want to arm wrestle? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Why? You have something, uh, feel like, uh, you know, you're not impressed enough with my work with the, uh, tide wolves yesterday? I suppose I'm just wondering how far impressed I should be. And she rolls up a sleeve, showing a bulging bicep, places her elbow on a plank, and holds out her hand. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no. Not while we're moving. And Manaya pulls the boat over. Manaya? Okay, come on. What, you think just because you're big and strong like Manaya, right? It's okay, Manaya. This won't take very long. Roll strength. Fuck! (laughs) An 18. Okay, it's a tie. So, Oka, the two of you are, like, straining against each other, right? Like, like both of your muscles are, like, like straining as, uh, you know, I think a bit of sweat comes down your temples. Just because I'm shorter than you doesn't mean that I'm weak. Obviously some pent-up anger here. Yep. And Rev goes, who said anything about being short? That's your insecurity. Yeah, well, I really thought that you <clears throat> were trying to say some shit based on, oh, this wouldn't take so long. <laughs> I gotta admit, Oka, you're putting up more of a fight than I thought you were gonna. I, like, slam my foot down on her foot. <laughs> okay, with that, she goes, ah, and her brief loss of concentration means you pin her, you pin her hand down. By ma, are you gonna break a plank off the boat? A what? You hear, like, the grain of the wood splinter a little? (laughs) I believe that was a wager of 20 gold pieces, wouldn't we all say? I don't think we wagered any gold on that farce of a competition. I wouldn't call it farce. No one heard a bet, did they? Uh, Oh, you don't have any money. I know, that's... I'm trying to amend that, Dewey. Thank you for blowing up my spot. I heard 30 gold pieces. 
Thank you, V, darling. My favorite person on this boat, actually. 30. Really, V, darling. Don't worry, I will cover uh, both sides. Here you go. Okay, here is 30 gold pieces. <laughs> okay. Rev's got the whip, and you are whipped. Oka, oddly, is like, takes the gold and is like, is this, is there a plot here? Is this a prank? Are you two pulling a prank on me? V, after what happened yesterday, you really, you want to prank me again? Just take the victory. Just, just take the victory. Be gracious about it. And Rev sits back down, like rubbing out her like sore bicep. Gracious about it. And then Oka turns around and is like, <laughs> so I'll let uh, Manaya, Dewey, or V volunteer. Who wants to do a scene with Rev? I'll, I'll do a scene with Rev. Okay, great. The concerned best friend of V. <laughs> okay, you know what? I don't like rolling for myself. Dewey, roll a D100 twice. 30. 30, okay. Three. Three. Okay, great. So your two options, Dewey, are an embarrassment and sharing joy. Doesn't seem like um, she's got so much joy to share right now, so <laughs> maybe maybe embarrassment. Sounds good. All right, so Dewey, how, how many minutes or hours after the arm wrestling contest does this scene take place? A couple of hours. Okay, sounds he's good. In, he's intimidated. Maybe it's during y'all's like, lunch break. Maybe you like dock the boat by like a small village and, and take a lunch. So Dewey, you see Rev sort of sitting alone for now, and she is sharpening her dagger. She seems to have a plethora of daggers to sharpen. What do you do? I'm going to strike up a conversation from like a little bit of a distance. You know? okay. uh, <laughs> Just within dagger throwing distance. <laughs> <laughs> so Rev, was it? Um, what do you want from the, the myriad? Probably the same thing you want from him, which is to kill him. I, I don't have any, I mean. Isn't he an assassin sent specifically to kill you by your former employers? You're trying to tell yeah, me you don't have anything against him? No, I don't. I have issues with my, the URL, but... And I don't like him, because he's kind of sadistic. Um, the URL. Tell me more about them. Um, I worked there. Now I don't, and they don't like that. Worked there doing what? I used to invent shit. Um, for, And then it became not worth it. Uh, didn't like what they were doing with the stuff that I built. What kinds of things? Like those steamboats or whatever that they're always building in Uhanahi? Things like that. Um, but more lethal as things went on. She raises an eyebrow at that. Weapons? I didn't want to. I didn't want to. Nod slowly. The Myriad, as far as I understand, is something of an independent contractor. I don't know if he was working for the same people when he wronged me, as the people that he's working for now. What I do know is that that thing has no conscience. He's not a man, he's a monster. The only thing he cares about is his own sick pleasure, and getting what he can get from the people that hire him. I don't know what kind of deal you struck up with him or what kind of twisted relationship you have with him, but take it from someone who's been fucked over by that guy. You can't trust him. You're probably right. He's not just going to ex- do this exchange for exchange of information and then let me go. Um, but I don't really have a choice right now. Well, maybe I do now that you're here. She leans in, pulls the hood off just a little bit, 
because like the dappled uh, shadows from the leaves overhead sort of cover the sunless light from being on her. And she says, well, you're a paragon too, aren't you? Me? Uh, That's what Oka said. Oka says a lot of, st- I don't know. Uh, Oka says a lot of stuff. The evidence seems pretty difficult to refute, Dewey. When a god talks inside your brain, would make any non-believer believe. Listen, Dewey, if you really are a paragon or whatever the fuck, you should have the power to do whatever the hell you want. Especially Galtanger. I mean, she... And then she just sort of, like, drops off. I mean, I don't want to be beholden to this this myriad, but it also seems like you're... <laughs> it also seems like maybe you don't... Like, you want to do this, but you're also obligated to. Um, it doesn't sound like you are free to choose what you want to do, either. The only thing I choose, Dewey, is vengeance. What do you want? What are you getting out of all of this? Aside from protection that you might not even need from some corporate entity that wants you dead. Why are you doing this? What do you owe these people? I don't owe them anything. I owe, I owe it to the world to undo all of the harm that I did when I was working with them. That's all I want. Good. Then undo it. Trying. But, you know, things got in the way. Rev pulls her hood back down, leans back against the trunk, and just says, I know things can get hard, Dewey, but just be careful that that doesn't turn into an excuse for you to run away from what's hard. Do you think this knife is sharp enough? Uh, honestly, I think you could take him, um, no matter what you were armed with. Uh, Can I I see one of your feathers? No, that's that's good. I back away. Okay, (laughs) okay. I think maybe that's the end of that scene. After lunch, the four of you pile back onto Moss Crawler. Dewey, Dewey, Dewey. It's time for you to pick an initiator. Manaya. So, Dewey, once again, why don't you roll a d100 twice? 83 and 90. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, 83 is staying up late. 90 is seeking advice. So, Manaya, you choose. I don't think we're very likely to stay up late, so let's do seeking advice. Sounds good to me. Let's say we've pulled over. It's like later in the evening. We've maybe stopped for dinner. Maybe we don't find a town. Maybe we just like find a, a place to land. Maybe Dewey and Minaya are setting up the stuff to get the food ready and everything. Dewey's handling a lot of the cooking supplies. Minaya's handling a lot of the food. And Minaya doesn't look at Dewey, but is definitely addressing him uh, when she says... Hey, can I ask you something? Uh, yeah? You... you also have family that you haven't seen in a long time. I... what do I say when I meet them again? If I meet them again, what would you say? You're coming to me for advice on uh, what to to say to other people, huh? Well, Um, you're the only family person here. I just want to tell my family I'm sorry, but maybe that's not what you... maybe that's not the first thing that you say to them? Kind of unique circumstances. Well, I am only alive because one of my mothers is... Maybe apologies are in order. How, how does that work? I mean, I saw the... I saw you die. Princess of Leaves is an emissary of Sen. She was destined to take over from her mother, Queen of Seasons, to be the new queen, to change the seasons when on Dark Aid, but, you know, she was basically grounded to here uh, and needed a 
a vessel to get her back to the after, more or less. She couldn't go back there herself, so she figured she could take a ride on someone else's so, and in exchange offer them power. My mother told me these stories of how this warlock and her patron, the Princess of Leaves, would go around the world pulling pranks and she'd learn magic and she always said it happened years ago, but she never said it happened to her. So as far as I can tell, I have more than one person inside of me. It's the only way I can think that the princess could have gotten to me. Interesting choice of vessel. Uh, the pranking doesn't so sound so much like you. Oh, no. I, well, I haven't been able to talk to her since we were on our way back to the doctors. We had a brief conversation, but I haven't been able to talk to her since. Speaking of which, I, the stories my mother told, my mum told me, she always said that the more her power grew, the more she was able to talk to the princess. And you can cast magic, right? Close enough. Did you teach me? Bees tried, but, well, her power comes from her heritage and not from, well, I could uh, show you the mechanics of it, maybe. Um, but warlock stuff, warlock stuff, uh, you'll have to talk to the, try and talk to the princess about that. Well, I've been trying, and I, I thought that if I could use magic, then maybe she'd be able to talk to me. Maybe once we um, get to get to our destination. There's like a village where you broke for a dinner, very similar to the village uh, last night. And is there anything you do before you take a long rest? And I burns another leaf, meditates some more. Okay, what about the rest of you? V is gonna be super nervous towards Rev, but like very, like just keeps watching Rev wherever she goes, but doesn't do anything. Still trying to figure out her life. Figure out where you stand, yeah. Rev treats you like normal. You know, she seems to be warming up a little bit to your party, but still is pretty standoffish. Like she gets her own room from the innkeep. Dewey's trying to figure that shit out. Uh trying to deduce the nature of this this weird vibe that they've got. Oka stares at a post office yet again and does not go inside. <laughs> the four of you tuck in for the night, and yeah, same thing happens. You get the same nightmare on those, like, uncomfortable river grass beds. So your nightmares are maybe shot through by un- uneasy prickling sensations all up and down your body. Uh, and you wake up bright and early at 8 a.m. exactly the next day. Oka, you looked like you wanted to say or do something. Oh, I just wanted to bitch about how fucking horrible it is that we have to wake up at... So, can't we just... And Oka, like, pulls their bedroll up over their head and (laughs) refuses to move for 15 minutes. Uh, So the five of you, including Rev, get back on Moss Crawler and you sail down the Black Tongue. The waves begin to get just slightly a little bit choppier. Just, and, and the river seems to widen up just a little bit more. The smell of the river gets stronger and brinier and brinier, and you see more boats, more canoes, even like ships, like I mentioned earlier, traveling up and down this river. And as, you know, 8 a.m. turns to 9 a.m. and starts to approach like noon, uh, all four of you sort of see and hear like Rev stiffen up a little bit. Get ready, and she goes, we're getting close. Anyone have any questions before we get there? Fucking plenty, but... I don't know what moss crawler here is going to help us figure out. Manaya, whatever you need, just tell us. Thank you. Basically, the black tongue, the terminus of it, 
it opens into the Sigirni Sea at the very end of the Corn of Ravens, like at the, at the tip of the peninsula, if you think of it as a peninsula. And where river meets sea in that delta is nestled green, open water. On either side of the river, it is a town bisected by the Black Tongue. Uh, and this is the first time you encounter a bridge. There's like a very big bridge, sort of like the ones that can open at the top, you know, to let really big ships through, like like into a canal. If you see it in the distance now, and then you see beyond the Black Tongue, the Sigourney Sea, just the glittering open ocean. And sort of like in the light and with the trees nearby, the, the, the ocean looks green. It looks tinted. Green open water. You see a huge bridge. We see it like open up as a big ship comes into port. But there's something kind of wrong with this ship. And even from your distance, you can sort of hear some shouting from it. The ship looks like half of it has been like just completely destroyed. And there's like sailors on top of it who are like waving frantically and they're trying to guide the ship to like a bank. And you see a bunch of like people in the distance, like dots, like ants, you know, on a map, so, like swarming the shore, like helping, trying to help guide the ship into port uh, without it like losing control and crashing into the harbor. And you see like the back of the ship, the, the chunk that's been taken out of it, like like a big monster just took a big bite out of the side of the ship is it, like smoking a little. But yeah, you see the bridge open. Uh, and as it opens, even from where you are, maybe like 300, 400, 500 feet down the river, uh, you hear the, ksh, the hissing and the steaming of hydraulics. And this would be very familiar to you, Manaya, because this is sort of like what powers a lot of uh, technology in Uhanahi. Somehow me managed to get its way to the port town here, green open water. Uh, Rev just goes, I've been hearing of more monster attacks and unnatural phenomena. Uh, I hope they don't crash into the harbor. Are you sure they don't need our help? Dewey, you and I could fly up and over, help guide them. They've, they've got the sails out. They'll be all right. It'll be a rough docking, but they'll be all right. Doesn't look like they've got the anchor anymore. It is one f- fucked up ship. As you watch, like the ship seems to like come a little bit into port. There's like a big groaning of wood against the metal, against wood, against rope as it smashes a little bit and destroys like a couple Ooh. of like docks and it like grounds itself uh, and then it sort of tips over onto the shore, you know, and there's like shouting and like the smoke sort of billows up from that hole. But no one seems to be immediately dead from what you can tell. It just seems like kind of a violent smashing of the ship into the harbor. I've had nights like that too. I've had days like that. This is why I don't go onto the water. But the smell and the freedom of the open water, how do you don't feel it? I prefer the freedom of wide open ground that I can stand firmly on. Rev sort of gestures to the, let's say she's like, let's let that harbor take care of that ship. Uh, let's let's dock on the, on the north side, like gesturing on the I... other side. And as like Rev starts like gesturing, like pointing at the docks, you notice that even though this is definitely the largest village you've come across so far, but you know, aside from the big bridge, there still don't seem to be that many buildings. Quick look, you can estimate maybe a hundred people live here. And a lot of a lot of the people, you know, seem to be like travelers using this port. And oh. as you as you look at the buildings, you notice a lot of them seem to maybe be used for storage. You know, they don't seem to be like residential. Have I been here before? I will let you decide. I think she has. I think she's taken at least one or two trips to the court, especially given what went on around here. I'm not sure how long you would have like stayed for. Maybe like a few days. Yeah, no, it'd be yeah. like a, a day. Yeah, sure. Least. So here she is, green open water. Rev helps you dock Mosscrawler against like a harbor, 
like a, a dockmaster comes out and helps like move the canoe in and Rev tosses the dockmaster a couple of coins to like keep the canoe in like a secured location. And yeah, over here, like the ground is pliant and muddy, but this is the most stable ground in the core that you've seen so far. Like it's still kind of muddy and it'd be best to have like rubber boots on or galoshes. Um, but there's no like river running through the town itself. It's just the, the town is bisected by the black tongue. And there's like big trees that sort of like, you know, interspersed all over the settlement. And you see like like buildings and shacks and huts are sort of built against the shade of these trees. The four of you hear the squelk of wood against mud as moss crawler is hauled onto shore by uh, a single able dockhand comes forward to help you. Uh, like a strapping young woman, uh, probably in her teens. But it's moss crawler is way too much for her single self to do. So as the four of you come out, do y'all help her move moss crawler to like a to like an area? Dewey's holding the rope. <laughs> You're like I'm helping. Perfectly, Mage Hand is in the back of the boat, just like trying to push it forward. Right, your ten pounds of force <laughs> you can help with Mage Hand. Okay, uh, yeah, That's as better you... than my strength stat. Okay, <laughs> sure. Uh, as you sort of struggle toward. Um, the area, let's see, you see like a couple like canoes, Mo like the 90% of them are probably for, for, for travelers. They don't seem to be in the style of the court. Thank you so much for helping me. It's, it's hard. I mean, I'm the only deckhand on this side of the shore. Oh, really? Yeah. It's been like this my whole life. And as she sort of struggles it over to like where all the canoes are being kept, she goes, yeah, honestly, it's, it's really hard, but um, we just don't have enough folks. I know it doesn't mean much, but... I'd stay and help if I could. Uh, speaking of deckhands, do you know where I might find your find your harbor records or someone who might be able to point me to them? Oh, of course. That's got to be the harbor master on the north side right here. We've got one on okay. the south side too, but ooh, looks like a big ship crashed in. She might be kind of busy. But yeah, is there, a, right. is there a reason? They're usually kept under like lock and key. Oh, uh, I'm, a, I'm a sailor, former merchant from Duhanahi. Mm -hmm. Under Captain Lahahana, with everything that's been going on, we haven't been able to uh, get anyone here. But it, I'm looking for information on a shipment that may probably didn't get here. We're not sure. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, Miss Weave Shifter's the one you want to talk about here on the south side. She she should be she should be in the dockhouse actually. That's where she keeps all the records all right. too. It's just been the two of us here our whole lives really working the docks here. It's really hard. Thank you for your help. I wish you all the best. Good luck, because he looks like you've got another couple of larger ones coming in. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, at this point, I just tell them to bring their own ships in, and they don't have to pay us a fee if they do that. I try to help with the small ones, though. All right, I'll be there in a moment! Uh, and this young person sort of runs off, like, huffing and puffing further down the, down the harbor to help with, like, the next people coming in. Hey, no offense, Rev, but where the fuck is everyone? This is like a veritable ghost town. I've seen more people in a single bar in the Badlands. It's always kind of been like this. Don't need a whole lot of people here just to bring in and send off ships. Right, and all those buildings, and she gestures toward the buildings in the back. Uh, that look, you know, upon clo closer inspection, you figure they're maybe yeah, like not residential because they look a little rundown, almost. Uh, yeah, I, I just always assumed those were used for storage instead of for like people to live in. Okay, it's been this way in every single town we've been in so far. Where the hell are the denizens of the court? It's just been alligators. I've seen more alligators than I have other people. The court has the smallest population of any nation in Andake, first of all. Those little villages, those little hamlets are where you would find the most people, and green open water is no exception. 
Uh, there's just more of an operation here, let's say, because goods still have to come in and out. Can I roll history or insight maybe to see if she's lying? Or yeah. If I, if I understand something different? Yeah, history yeah, on the court to see if what she's saying matches up with what you know. Go for it. Only a, a handsome 13. With with a gentleman's 13, Oka, based on what you know of the court, yeah. I mean, what, what, what Rev said is true. The Court of Ravens does have the smallest population of every nation in Endake, but not by, like, that much, you know? The other villages that you've stopped at, like, they seem to have more people in those villages than here. It is odd, you know? And based on, let's say, your studies growing up, uh, learning about the various, you know, ports and capitals of each each nation, I feel like that's something you would have learned. Um, Green Open Water has always been described as, like, a bustling, a bustling harbor and a port of call. Oka kind of, like, furrows their brow as Rev tells them this, though. And they stay quiet for now, although it's bothering the fuck out of them. Yeah, so you head toward the the house that this young person had gestured toward, and it looks a little like it also looks a little rundown. Uh, maybe because there's only like two people taking care of it, and it's a fairly large, it's a fairly large building actually, sort of like up, up on stilts overlooking the water. And there's like a ramp that leads up to like a front porch. There's like a rocking chair out front and like a closed door and some shaded, like some shaded windows, even though it's the middle of the day. What do the five of you do? I was going to go walk up and knock. You notice that the, the door is kind of peeling a little, like the paint's peeling a bit, like it's in a, a kind of a state of disrepair. Uh, and then you hear a muffled voice from behind go, go away, Trout. I'm having my, having my afternoon whiskey. My apologies, uh, Miss Weaveshifter? Oh, thank God, there's afternoon whiskey. Uh, there's, like, you hear some, like, thumping from within, and then the door opens a crack, and you see, like, the oldest motherfucker you've ever seen in your life would give Lahaha, makes Lahaha, and it seemed like she could jump up and clip her, click her heels together. Uh, you see a very, very, very old-looking uh, turtle. She's sort of hunched there. She's a soft-shell turtle, uh, and her face is kind of flattened a bit. It's got a lot of... A lot of wrinkles, and she's very small. She's just sort of hunched over. At first, you're like, where? And then you look down, and there she is. She's, like, leaning on a cane, and she's holding a glass a glass of whiskey in her left hand, and it's filled to the top, all the way to the top. And she she narrows her eyes at you and says, You're not trout. Are you? If you're travelers, trout handles all the business. I don't want to be disturbed. Of course, my apologies. Who would we ask about getting into the archives? I am the archives. Uh, uh, all right. Um, when will you next be free? Oh, Raven, bless us all. This one's polite, ain't she? Just, just tell me what you want and how much gold you can give me for what you want. Okay. Manaya kneels down and pulls out her entire gold pouch and says, I have 155 gold. Seven years ago, a ship did not dock here. I need to know where it is. Uh, she takes one look at your all of it, all of your gold. This, this is her parents. Yeah, that's this is true. Important. Uh, and Miss Weave Shifter puts down her whiskey on like a table that you can't see behind her. She opens the door wide. Come on in, my best friends. That I, 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 come, you're, you're, we're all friends here, aren't we? Come, come. Uh, and she, she sort of like she goes deeper into into this into this building. You know, something about this woman is rather familiar. Anyone else getting it? <laughs> v, you see a flash v, of your future. V You're is, definitely not the only one. V is definitely like, I cannot believe, I would have at least no more than 40 gold pieces max would have got us inside. Uh, she, she ushers you inside. It is a very dimly lit 
building that's got like cobwebs in the corner. It looks kind of dusty. Uh, the only place that isn't dusty is a trail, like a, a like like she's probably walked this path many times from like a like a nest in the corner uh, to like a desk to the door, and then to like a, a whiskey cabinet in the back. <laughs> like there's like it cuts like a path, but the rest of it there's like a like a thick layer of dust on the ground. And you see ramp a ramp that leads up to like the second floor. Um, and she leans on her, like, big knobbled wooden cane as she goes over to, like, the desk. All right, so put the money down on the desk and, and tell me what, what information you were looking for again. Seven, seven years ago? Well, you're lucky. I've been seven here my whole life. Seven years ago. Would have been around the third month, end of the third month. All right. Uh, seven years ago, that's all the That's in the archives up on the second floor. Just give me a second. Don't touch anything. But hey, for that amount of gold, you can have some whiskey if you want. Just, I'll be back. Uh, no, I don't drink. Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> Help yourself to the cabinet. Anything you want, except for the top, the very highest shelf. Uh, and she she starts hobbling toward, like, the ramp that leads up to the second floor. So in this silence, before she comes back with presumably some records from seven years ago, what do the four of you do? Reach for the top shelf. <laughs> Uka. Okay, uh, Okay. what's funny is that the top shelf, and only the top shelf, has, like, a separate glass covering it that's locked. <laughs> All right, second highest one then. Okay, you've okay, got your choice, got your choice of, of, of alcohol, alcohol here. here. I grab. No, no choice needed. Okay, you okay, grab you some grab really some nice bourbon. bourbon, and there's some there's like, some, like dusty, dusty glasses underneath it as well. Ew. Do you grab do you a glass, grab or, a glass or, or do you just chug it straight? I look at the glass and I'm like, ew. You could probably like swab it out, swab it out with your shirt or something. Why? No reason to. Okay, you grab a bourbon. How about the rest of you? Are you just waiting? And I is tapping her leg, and two hands on the table. V's uh, looking at that pouch of gold. <laughs> that's been set on her, like, table. Uh, as, mm. you know, as you're looking at the pouch of gold, V, you also notice that there's, like, a, uh, a journal, just, like, on, on the desk. You see a, a handle, a fifth of uh, whiskey, as well as, like, the tumbler that she'd set down. And it seemed like maybe the five of you had interrupted her writing the journal, because it looked kind of haphazardly closed with a quill sort of set off to the side. V, I see that look on your face. I mean, what what if I just sort of open open it to the front to see like when the, what's the first date in the book? How old is this journal? Okay, it's sort it looks like a nice like old leather-bound journal. As you move to touch it, uh v. Rev Rev goes, "What are you doing?" I'm just admiring this finely made book. What crafts? What craft went, went into this book? Don't you agree, Rev? It's a it's a diary. I recognize you can't read Raven's speech stuff. But the words on the front say diary. Well, I, you, this is true. I don't. This is why I have friends like you who can read things for me. Are you still going to open it? Everyone seems like their old friend V is up to no good. So I'm just going to step away from the journal, from the bag of delicious gold that uh, is way too much money for what we're here for. Okay. I mean, your parents are valuable. Don't get me wrong. But this person would have given us what we want for half price. That's all. That's all. I'm closing my mouth now. Closing my mouth. <laughs> Because you wouldn't know much about valuing your family, hmm. I just think we can get you your family and your gold friend. That's all I'm saying. This is all out of character. This is all out of character. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. I was like no. in there. I was like, oh, boy. No. We're going no, there. I have no shade. Okay. Only yeah. her player. So, yeah, V just shuts up after, uh, you're like, you know, I could have got that for half price. Okay. Uh, you hear a thunk, thunk, thunk uh, as her cane comes back down the ramp, and you see her holding like a kind of th like a thick file 
she seems to be struggling with it a little, like under one fin. And she like, like starts like hobbling over to the desk and she sets it down with a thump. And she goes, oh, oh, excuse me. And she grabs the journal and stuffs it into like a drawer. Uh, and then she like opens, she opens up the record, says, all right, let's see. Seven years ago, seven years ago, third month, end of it. Here, all of the comings, ins, and goings, outs. Uh, do you recognize your ship's name on any of these? Ocean's Thread. Oh, right. I- you don't read Raven's speech. Rev steps forward to like help. You know, she like peers over your shoulder. Uh, and then both Rev and the old turtle like go, mm. uh, and Miss Weaveshifter goes, here it is. Ocean's Thread. Ah, yes, it pulled into harbor uh, at the end of the month, just like you said, about seven years ago. And oh, there's a note I wrote to myself here. There was no one on board. Full of cargo, though. We still got the cargo we needed, but there was no one. It was really hard for me and Trout to just pull all, all the cargo on onto shore. Trout was so young back then, but still a hard worker. No, no this is wrong. The route, the sailing route. Is it written down here? Uh, sh- yeah, uh, sure. Uh, as she flips to another page and says, let's see, Ocean's Thread. Yes, the route, it would have taken, well, it seems like it came from Wuhanahi. And it would have taken, yes. yep, just a completely maritime voyage. No pit stops anywhere. Uh, didn't stop by any other ports of call. It was a straight shot from, let's see, Awanui all the way up north. Yeah, they, they sort of curved northwest, sort of did like a little crescent shape there, and then and then landed. Landed, just, it just sailed right in. Not a soul, not a soul in sight. Actually, now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure we still have the ship. Should be in the graveyard. I I mean, I have no reason to stop you from ch- looking at it. I, you know what? And she leans graveyard, in and says, huh? screw it, why not? Giving me all this gold, you can look through all the ships in the graveyard. It doesn't matter to me. Graveyard, huh? Yes. Well, that's just the colloquialism for what we call all the random ships and whatnot. Flotsam and jetsam that come into the port that we haven't had the heart or the manpower, frankly, to break down for scrap. Two things. One, which way to the graveyard? Two, we need a ship. The graveyard? I'm sure Trout could lead you. Here, let me draw you a map. I don't want to... These old bones, I don't want to get up. As she pulls out a piece of scrap paper and starts drawing you directions to where the graveyard might be. As Could we take that ship? The, the ocean's thread? It's probably in quite a dilapidated state by now. We haven't I, been maintaining it for seven years. Look, okay, I could get it fixed up, but we don't have time, all right? Do you have a ship ready? No. All the ships here are ships that come in and out from the port. We don't own any of them. You had a canoe, though, didn't you? Yes, it's not ocean ready, though. <sighs> Where do you want to go that requires a ship? I didn't come on the ship, right? The ship came into port. There was nobody on it, which means they're out there somewhere, okay? Oh, I'm so sorry, young lady. But if you're looking for someone on that ship and they were lost at sea, they're... I'm sorry, they're probably dead. <clears throat> By probably, I mean definitely. I mean, no one survives in the ocean for seven years. Hey, shut it. storms out of the room. What's her problem? It's your problem. Oka takes two more bottles off the shelf and follows. Hey, I didn't say you could keep them. Dewey goes after um, Manaya, like okay. right away. V is gonna look at this turtle and be like, you know, friend, this information mm, only worth about forty gold pieces. I really, my friend is going through quite an ordeal, and if you gave me even like twenty gold back, it would mean the world to me. So you're paying me, and now you want what you offered back. 
Well, let's just say that you didn't exactly help my friend find exactly what she was looking for, so I feel like a little bit of a refund is in order. Roll persuasion. It is a gentleman's 13, unfortunately. Uh, she sort of looks at you piteously and puts five gold in your palm. Now get out of here. An old woman's a- got to have her own simple pleasures. Enjoy your new fortune, friend, and continuing your business. Have a good day. Uh, and at that, Rev just sort of, like, bows a little at the waist and leaves behind you. Manaya, you're storming out. Oka's right on your heels. What do you do? Uh, she's just pacing back and forth, hands on her head, just, just like, rambling. Nonsense. Oka has kind of, like, Inuhan. stopped, is, like, kind of just leaning back and, like, takes a big swig and just kind of, like, lets her pace it out for a minute. Right. Don't don't listen to her. I mean, weirder things have happened in the past. The graveyard. Right, let's go. And she starts walking off. So the graveyard seems to be, just as the woman described, like a graveyard for ships, but it seems to be like you have to take the river out into the ocean and then tr- the follow the shore from what appears to be maybe, like, a quarter of a mile. And then, like, a small, like, inlet goes in. And then there's sort of what appears to be like a pond or a lake. Like, you could also get there on, on foot. You could just, like, yeah, cut across, like, straight. Like, mm-hmm. due north, and then you'd reach there in, like, a couple minutes. You have to go past all, like, the old, like, abandoned buildings. Uh, as the three of you storm off, V, uh, the door closes behind you, and you see Manaya, Oka, and Dewey cutting a strong path toward those, like, old buildings. Uh, but before you can follow, you feel, like, a firm hand on your shoulder. And Rev just goes, V, there's... Something off about the records. What What did you see? You see that her brow, like her usually like completely stoic face is cut through with an expression of just pure confusion. Her like brows are knitted together. Her eyes are like sort of like, like glinting yellow as she's like thinking really hard. I don't really know how to describe it, but there were some, there's a column basically on the ledger that says the name of the ship, some notes at the very end about anything unusual about the shipment it carried and of course the name of the person who signed in the ship who was accounted for who was there basically the dockhand who was there when the ship came in and for most of them it was chill weave shifter which i assume was the woman we were talking to but for the rest i i couldn't understand what i was seeing there were other names v there were other names for people who worked there. Names like Harvest, Cold, Ox. But, but she, def- she, she said she worked said- here alone. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't understand. So I, I grabbed I grabbed this. Uh, and she pulls out the journal <laughs> from the flap of her coat and she hands it to you. You are a woman after my own heart. Ah, uh, but I can't... I don't read this language at all, but... You wouldn't mind a little bit of personal tutoring, would you? Not at all. Not at all, friend. <laughs> V's voice gets higher and higher pitched. Are you okay? You sound like you swallowed helium. You know, honestly, I've been thinking a lot about that de- that deal we sealed, and I'm not quite sure what to make of it. <laughs> Are you having regrets? And maybe, no. maybe, maybe on that we go back to Manaya, Uka, and Dewey. Okay, at this point, the three of you have reached like the first cluster let's say, of buildings, they don't seem to be, like, storage buildings. There are, like, windows, and you see, like, a little, like, potted plant that's been long dead. 
out in front of one of them. These almost look like like houses, like people's houses. As Manaya is going forward, I think Oka is moving fast after her and then kind of like pauses, you know, and like slows down and stops, like takes a f- another swig, you know, is what is, you know, keep making sure Manaya is within eye distance. But there is something wrong here. Could I use my hunter's bane to see if I know anything about what's happening right now? Roll intelligence to see if you can piece together the clues you've seen so far. Only a 15. Okay, a 15. There's definitely something going on with a 15. If this is the work of a monster or like some sort of like court conspiracy, it's uh, you're not certain. You don't see like blood on the ground, you know, and you don't like smell like monster scent anywhere, you know? You don't see anything. Looking around, it just looks like a, a deserted village. But with that said, there is def- definitely something going on here. You're not clear on the cause yet. You haven't, you don't see any evidence. You see nothing really, actually. In that case, Oka kind of like stops uh, and whistles real loud to try to get V and Rev's attention. And they call back, I don't think we should split up. V is going to look at Rev one more time and like ask Rev, do you think it would be worth it to apply more heat to some of these people and get answers? Or do you think their memories are not worth searching for? No, I think their memories are definitely worth searching. Uh, I don't know, V. I Something just feels off about this place. Those names, I don't recognize them at all, but they're court names. Let us go meet our friends back up, and I think V is going to very quickly, like, also fill Oka in on what they've been talking about. Okay, V and Rev catch up to Oka, Dewey, and Manaya, and V tells y'all everything that Rev told V. And the journal, journal is in V's hand. Um, and as you're standing there, maybe in front of, like, one of the first houses, Rev goes, hold on. Uh, and she steps forward and she wipes, like, some dust, some grime off of a placard, uh, and says... That name, it matches. It matches one of the names of the dockhands in the journal. Is Manaya's, like, are you still... Still booking it. She's picked up the pace. She's running. Oka, do you think, would it be worth me just, me and Rev searching this place real quick and meeting you all quick at the the next place? Oka kind of, like, sucks their teeth real quick, like, going, like, Manaya V, Manaya V. Uh, And then they kind of, like, they grab Rev, like, the front of Rev's shirt. If she gets hurt, I will fucking kill you. And then uh, Oka like kind of nods at V real quick. Also, don't die. And Oka hurries off after Manaya. What about you, Dewey? Dewey also takes like a side glance at Rev, but Manaya's running off by herself, so he's going as fast as he can to keep up with her, um, just like searching, scanning along the way. Okay, sounds good. So Oka, Manaya, and Dewey, the three of you set off toward, I'm assuming the ship graveyard. Cool. Uh, while Rev and V stay behind to like figure out what the hell's going on back here. So let's go to Manaya, Oka, and Dewey first. So the three of you set off, you're running past these like dilapidated, like the farther, they seem like in various stages of like decay and like disuse. And like some of them seem like slightly newer, but just like abandoned. Others are just barely standing. They're just like, they seem to be have weathered down by like storms and like just disrepair and disuse. As the three of you continue, Moving, do you say anything to each other? Manaya's muttering a new Han, but other than that, she doesn't speak. Yeah, Oka's just on Manaya's flank, like, 
she they understand intrinsically in a way what is happening to her right now and they just need to wash her back and that's what they're doing dewey is also like trailing behind them getting he slows down every now and then to like look at something look at one of the buildings um a little closer but then always catches back up yeah, Dewey, as you're trailing behind to, like, look here at some of the buildings, you, maybe you, like, glance through, like, a, a shattered window of one. And you see, like, what seems to be, like, a like a dinner set out, but very, like, moldy. You see, like, moldy bread, like a, ha- like a half-eaten apple. Uh, and you see what looks like maybe, like, a dry, dried red substance on the ground, but then you're still moving. Yeah, I move faster. Okay, sounds good. Uh, V. You stay behind with Rev. What do you do? First, I'm going to walk straight up to, to the door. Uh, I'm going to try to open the door. You open it. It appears that maybe like the, the lock part has been broken. So you're able to just like sort of open it. Like there's been like sign of a forced entry. You see just like an upturned table uh, that's sort of like flung against the wall. You know, one, one of the legs has been snapped off. The signs of like a fight or something happening here. And you see, like, old, like, dried blood on the ground. And there's, like, some bedding in the back. But there's no sign of any body. There's no one here at all. V would investigate a little more just to see if there's any type of clues that would say who may have done this. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Roll investigation. It's a 19. 19. Okay, how are you investigating this scene? What are you focusing Uh, your energies on? I'd want to look around... The upturned table, you said like one of the legs was broken off. Totally, yeah. You examine that leg. It seems like with a 19, whatever fight happened here probably occurred like maybe like a couple weeks ago. And the blood looks like it's been dry. There's like like a coppery tang in the air that feels like muted over with dust. V is going to turn back to Rev and be like, I think we need to have another conversation with our our friend across the way about uh, what went on here recently. Yeah, this is... This looks like the scene of a murder. Yeah, uh, and V just storms back to the Tortles' house. As she follows you, though, like, Rev is like, something about this still doesn't make sense. Why not cover their tracks? This, I mean, travelers come in and out of the port all the time. Uh, and she follows you. Obviously, who's ever done this still has considerable power over the rest of the people here. She, like, nods slowly. Uh, she's, like, frowning, and she just keeps saying, like, Something about this just isn't adding up. Um, and we go now to Oka, Minaya, and Dewey. Uh, hey, there's uh, there's blood in one of those houses. I don't know what's going on here, but I, uh, I don't like it. Uh, Oka just kind of like nods at Dewey so that he knows that they heard him. One step at a time. Hopefully the graveyard will have a few more answers for us about whatever the fuck is going on here. The three of you arrive sort of, there's a bit of like forest or like tree area uh, that you have to like cut through after like the residential area, let's say, uh, ends. And there's like a little bit of like, just like wilderness and like, yeah, like trees and mud and shrub and muck uh, before you finally arrive at the graveyard. Uh, It is like a pond, let's say, smaller than a lake, bigger than a puddle, uh, where you see just like shiplap flotsam and jetsam, like all sorts of the bones of old deteriorated ships. Like moss has fully grown, like nature has reclaimed a lot of these ships. Uh, They're just sort of piled, like stacked, like sort of mashed together. And they sort of fill this entire area, almost like a a tar pit where like old dinosaurs have like fallen into. But these are ships instead. 
in like varying stages of decay. Manaya is a bit frantic right now. She's scanning all of them okay. to find the one that is closest to the ocean. That would only take a few repairs, some maybe some boards here and there to fix up. A lot of these ships are real fucked up. The one that you can see that is probably the least fucked up would probably take like a group of, of sea knowledgeable people who know how to build and fix ships if you want to get it back in working order as soon as possible. So like Manaya. Yeah, if there were maybe like five of you, you could probably get this one particular ship and it's smaller, looks, you know, maybe no bigger than a galley. It looks like maybe if there were five of you, you could fix this, fix this up in like a week or two. She goes right up to that one, sizes it up. She's looking for like a carving of a name. Yeah, uh, this one is not the Ocean's Thread. Uh, this one has a name uh, in Jukan. Do you, do you read Jukan? Okay, then I don't Very know. Very little, if any. I don't think you know what it means. But it looks like maybe like a Jukan style ship too. Kind of low, low to the ground. Okay, your hand. Right. Uh, Manaya puts her hand right on their hand and, and compares the sizes. And it's like, close enough. Find any boards that are at least four hand widths wide and bring them here, right? Right. Dewey, uh, nails, any top that's, uh, any top. Right, I need it here. Let's go. And Manaya's gonna, I'll similarly just like go off and try to find some wood. Um, that she can use to repair this galley. Uh, Oka kind of gives a sidelong look at Dewey. Don't stray out of sight. Oh yeah, I'm staying. I'm staying close to y'all. Nails, Dewey. Nails. I forgot uh, nails. Dewey actually has a helm of comprehend languages. What don't you have, Dewey? What the fuck? I have fuck? two items. Okay. okay, I have two items. Dark vision and comprehend languages. Do you put it on like a nerd? They're like reading glasses, basically. But okay, they... reading glasses. So you swap out your glasses. Yeah. And I want to look at the name of the ship. Okay. Uh, the name of the ship translated is translated literally, I think, under your eyes. And it basically means fast run fox. So Manaya and Oka, you start grabbing scrap and shiplap, uh, flotsam and jetsam, and you try to start to rip, repair this ship. It's slooped up against like the edge, the lip of the pond, and like half of it is like sunken into like muddy water. Oka is, you know, doing what Manaya asks, but far more half-heartedly, they are more interested in trying to investigate, like, the nature of some of these um, wrecks, and similar to, like, what the hell was going on back in the town, anything that could, like, their mind is, like, going through, like, any, any knowledge that they might have about anything. I don't know if there's a role for any of that, or if they notice anything particularly that would stand out in this yeah, why don't you roll investigation as you're looking around visually, right? Dewey, are you doing anything uh, extra after looking at the name of the sloop? Um, he goes to collecting nails, I guess. <laughs> Sounds good. But if there's uh, if there's anything technical in these, like any metal parts that are left on these ships, um, he gets a little bit distracted. These ships are just filled with like junk, you know, so there's probably scrap here that you could scavenge. Uh, Oka, what did you get? 15. You don't know how many ships have sunk beneath the surface of this pond, of this graveyard, but on the surface and based on like the little bits of poles and masts sticking out and like poor, you know, bits of the ship still like visible, you surmise there are 15 to 20 ships that you can see like in this pond in varying stages of disarray and decay. Uh, because you're not familiar with the ocean's thread, I don't think you'd be able to pick it out of this crowd. Manaya, are you trying to look for your parents' ship? Sure 
glance around every once in a while. She's more focused on getting a seafaring ship because the Ocean's Thread was there seven years ago. It's likely too far in and or too far sunk down to be able to use. So you're not going to, you don't want to roll investigation? She'll glance around, but not like looking for it. Okay, make a perception check in that case for me then. Okay. If it's just a, it's a cursory glance. 14. Well, 14? Okay, you notice with your investigation check that a lot of these ships seem to have been wrecked by like natural causes. Like a lot of them just look really storm battered. You see scorching of like probably like lightning marks on a few of their masts, you know, in the snap. And others, you're not sure, maybe they ran aground. You know, you see like broken, crushed in hull, etc. Uh, but there are, you know, there's like one ship and Manaya, your eye falls on it. That just looks, it looks mostly fine. Based on what you can see anyway, it's just a little tip of a mast, a top mast poking out. And uh, Manaya, as your eye rests on it, that mast you recognize because tied around the top is sort of like a uh, bandana or some sort of sash similar to your conga. Um, that you would recognize as in the similar style as your mother. The ocean's thread had like little embellishments like this on the ship to like make it your parents's. Manaya swallows and makes a mental note to grab that last. Uh, v, let's go back to you, you and Rev. So V, what do you do? I'm gonna walk up to the door and I'm actually gonna use detect thoughts in a way I haven't before, which is I can cast it and see if there is within 30 feet of me the presence of any other thoughts of any creatures around me. To my knowledge, there's only one turtle in that in that house. It goes through it goes through barriers except for like two feet of rock, two feet of metal, or thin sheets of lead. What's the um, uh, range on that? Thirty feet. Thirty feet. Okay. What does it look like as you're like casting the spell? So I'm just gonna like get a little meditative. Uh, you'll see the the diamond in my hand start to glow green, and then just. If you were attuned to the weave, you would see like this circle just of green energy pop out and just encapsulate everything within 30 feet. Thoughts become amplified as if, you know, people were talking mm-hmm. in microphones. But you can't hear their thoughts. You just know they're there, right? Right. It just okay. detects the presence of them. And you focus. The first thought you detect is your own. And mm-hmm. then you detect Rev right next to you. That's reassuring. Mm-hmm. She's got thoughts going on. <laughs> She's not a complete Vembo. And then you detect um, Miss Weave Shifter from inside, just just her, just in there, close to where probably she's still by like her desk. Um, mm-hmm. And you hear her like rummaging around, probably looking for her journal. Um, and then, you know, your friends are definitely out of range by this point, like mm-hmm. for sure out of range of this. Um, but you detect very close behind you, like maybe standing only five to 10 feet behind you, behind Rev, seven or eight thoughts. Yeah, I'm gonna whip around and look, do I see anything? No. Uh, what, what's wrong, B? Are you okay? You're, you look a little paler than usual. I'm hearing the thoughts of some new friends that I do not see with my eyes behind me here. Uh, would someone like to reveal themselves, or do we have to uh, get a little bit aggressive? Rev whips around. She, like, pauses. Her, like, hand goes to her whip. Who's there? There's no response, really. Where did you, can you still feel them? The spell initially is I can just hear surface level thoughts, nothing too deep, and I can choose to go deeper. Okay, are you going to do that? Mine as well, right? I feel like I have okay. to at this point. You can just automatically detect surface level thoughts. You're going to train mm-hmm. it on these like invisible, whatever, like seven or eight 
distinct yeah. thoughts that are all sort of clustered together. I have to select one of them to start with, okay. and I can hop around. They're sort of clustered. Uh, think. Have you ever seen like a hydrangea flower, like with a bunch of like the little like petals? Sure, sort of like yeah. that. It's in a bloom, almost like that. They're sort of clustered together like that, like sort of like floating above in front of you. V, as soon as you turn around and Rev turns around, you know, being like, you know, show yourselves, you feel the thoughts begin to move, like, away from you, headed toward the ship graveyard. They are moving very quickly. They will be out of range soon. I would actually like to break concentration to cast a wall of fire around them. And actually, I will cast it so it will not harm who's inside of it. It would harm in a radius of 10 feet outside of it. I'm not trying to harm the whatever I capture inside of it. You just, I just want it want to be to captured. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be like 20 feet high, a foot in With thickness around thickness. them. The DC is 14. There's a pause as like your, your concentration snaps and you cast the spell. And none, you, neither of you hear like a scream of pain. You don't see anything or anyone busting through the wall of fire. The fire just like swirls up and begins to burn. Rev goes, whoa. And V, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. <laughs> Four. <laughs> why? Why did you cast that spell? Can't really remember. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Transplaner. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. Music is by Connie Chong, CIS, Fezlian Studios, and Soundstripe. Audio mixing is done by Mike Graham. Give them a follow on Twitter at OMikeGraham. Podcast editing is done by Connie Chong and C. Thomas. New podcast episodes drop every other Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransplanerRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransplanerRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon paragons. Abigail Rytel, Azura, Brooke Bright, Cassidy Barnes, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Lex Slater, Marvelous, Mitzi, Moonflower T, Purple Mouse, Risa, and Rue.